God. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. We delight in you. Thank you for your great love for us, that you initiate with love with us, and that's how we can respond, because you initiate with us. Thank you, God. Thank you for fellowship. We get to enjoy worshiping together in community here. Thank you for your presence. transition from worshiping Jesus to grabbing a chair, but we'd love for you to do that if you'd like a chair and not have to sit on the floor. So... Okay, is everybody here? Almost? Thanks, guys, for being here tonight. What do you think about being in this room versus the other? It's nice to have the space, yeah? Okay. I was kind of concerned when I drove up and it was dark over there. I thought, I hope no one turned around before they got here because it was dark in the other building. But anyway, my name's Jenny, if you don't know me. I am Scott's wife, and he is at home with a pretty bad cough, so... This morning, uh, I came home from a couple errands, and we were like, ah, 
I don't think you'd be very blessed to hear him hacking in front of you. So last minute um, change of plans, and so here I am. So we are, <laughs> thanks. Um, but we'd already gone over what he was going to talk about, so I kind of had an idea, but I had to spend the rest of the day doing it the way I would do it. Not, I couldn't just do, not, not to be mean, but just like, if I'm going to talk, i got to say what I want to say. So anyway, um, here's our logo. If you haven't seen it, the Young Adult and Career logo, it's got that tree on it. Isaiah 61.3, yes. It's um, that we are a planning of the Lord for the display of his splendor. So I just want to keep that in front of us that he's helping our roots grow deep with all the stuff. Sorry for like of this fortress around y'all, but I just wanted to have a place to to put my Bible. Um, Anyway, okay. So tonight I'm going to talk about, uh, and I want us to look inside our hearts about how we feel about the presence of God and the Holy Spirit. So some of you may be like, ah, no big deal. Some of you be like, oh man, I'm ready to hit the door. So uh, we're just going to kind of do a general overview of all that and I'm really excited just to have some good ministry time at the end. So, And I, my desire, Scott's desire too, is that we really would experience the presence of God in new ways. And that when you go to life group, that you would go with excitement and vision that you're going to experience the presence of God in that group. And when you come here, that there just be excitement about abide as well. So let it be, Lord, you stir it up. So um, let me pray really quick. Thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness over us. And I ask, Holy Spirit, you'd help us to have open ears to what you're speaking, not what I'm speaking, but um, what you're saying to each of us. And we ask that our hearts would be fertile soil for seeds that want to be planted and, um, yeah, that what happens in our lives would bear much fruit in the name of Jesus for your glory. Thank you, God. Amen. All right. So back when I was in sixth grade, I took a Foundations of Faith class at my church I was growing up in. And before I could go sit in the adult service, I had to take a test. So I know, can you believe that? Kind of weird when I think about it. But um, so as a sixth grader, I remember learning these three words that were really big to me as a sixth grader. One was that God is omniscient. And that was a pretty big word to spell back then. But um, anyway... Omniscient means that he's he's all-knowing. Another one was he's omnipotent, he's all-powerful. And the last one was he's omnipresent, which he's everywhere. So tonight we're going to talk about the last one, that God's got it, he's he's everywhere, that we're going to focus on his presence. So if you'll open your Bibles to Psalm 139, one of my favorites. I have lots of favorites, but. And I have a lot of scriptures tonight, too. So I'm sorry, guys, if I go too fast, just tell me, slow down. Um, so Psalm 139.9. Actually, let's start at 7. I have the wrong number there. Okay. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? We were just singing a song about this. If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. And it goes on talking about the darkness, things like that. In the New Testament, the writer of Hebrews quotes what God said in the Old Testament. Very similar. Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. 
and that's Hebrews 13, 5. It's also in Deuteronomy 31. Jesus said it himself at the end of the Great Commission. Surely I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Matthew 28, 20. So we've got all kinds of places in the Bible where he's talking about he's with us all the time. God's omnipresence means he's always there, even when our awareness is not. So I have the scripture from Genesis 28, where Jacob was, uh, he laid his head on a rock, and the, he had this dream of the angels of God going up and down, descending and ascending the stairwell. And at the top of it, God was speaking to him about his future. And he wakes up, this is, you could see the scripture on the thing. He woke up from his sleep and he thought, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. So... Being not aware of God's presence is nothing new. Um, It's been happening for a while. John Piper is quoted to say, God is always doing 10,000 things in your life, and you may be aware of three of them. Now, I I bet there's more than 10,000, to be honest. Who knows? We don't know. Okay. So measure of our awareness of his presence in our lives is our faith that what he says is true. So I'm going to say that again. A measure of our awareness of his presence in our lives is the amount of faith that what he says is true. Because we don't see him, we often don't know what he's doing, but we still believe what he says he's doing, that what he says is true. Sometimes we like to guess what he's doing. I hear it a lot. Well, I think God's doing this in my life. And he might be. That You might have that right indication um, and sometimes he doesn't make it more clear. And, you know, I, really, I love that there are scriptures that actually talk about that. Um, one I have is Psalm 16, which 5 through 9 are awesome, but we're going to look at verse 11 of Psalm 16. You have made known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. It's a great verse because it, we can believe he's going to show us what's going to happen in life in some measure. Like he's going to, he's maybe not what's going to happen, but he's going to lead us that he's got a path of life for us. It's not destruction. Uh-oh, it's gone. One more. But thank you. Okay. Um, he fills us with joy in his presence. And then we can believe for eternal pleasures. And that means it's starting now and all the way to eternity. 1 Peter 1, 8 through 9 says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And then, you know, this says you're receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Is that really it? Is there more than that? Because salvation has lots of... uh, intricate meanings, I guess. The Greek word sozo means, you might have heard this before, saved, made whole, restored, healed, delivered, preserved. And so really, is it something that we've received? We have received salvation, but it's definitely a process. We're receiving the goal of our faith. The salvation of our souls means we're on a journey. We're on a continuum. And a lot of these both this one and the, the scripture before it talked about the byproduct of our faith. And I don't know if you can remember it now, but what was this one? Anybody remember? When we're in his presence, there's fullness of joy. Yes. So would you say that joy is something you're walking in? 
you don't have to answer me, but <laughs> um, does the thought of joy, like people say, you know, take joy, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. There's lots of those joy scriptures that sometimes are easier to swallow than others. But I'd like to, you to take note of what does joy feel like, the thought of it, like that's hard for me, or that's something I really have in my life right now. I'd like you to take note of those things, because we definitely want to pray about that at the end. And other things we talk about as well. In the Old Testament, we can find multiple instances of God literally showing up on the scene. You've got the burning bush. You've got the fourth man with um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I mean, a story after story of God showing up and his presence is tangible. It's there. You also have the God passing by Elijah, and it's just a still small voice. And then Jesus comes on the scene, and we have him. He's the tangible presence on the earth. But then he leaves, and what do we have then? Yeah. Yes, thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. Let's look at John 14, 16 through 17. Thank you for your patience with me, y'all. This is today's message that came today. <laughs> oh. um, okay, John 14, 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and, be, and will be in you. So why does the world not know him? What's it say? It doesn't see him or know him. So again, we can be a little bit like the world in that regard. If we're not seeing him, are we walking in unbelief? But it says, you know him. The world doesn't, but we do. And he does two things. He lives with us, and he will be in us. So it's nice to know he's, his presence is around us, and he's saying the Holy Spirit will be in us. The Holy Spirit indwells in believers at all times. 2 Corinthians 1, 20 through 21 through 22 says, Now it's God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set a seal of ownership on us, and put a spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. So we have God's presence, but we also have on salvation the Holy Spirit coming in us. He's with us at all times. And so I feel like we can think about this as, of course, we think about it as relationship, but the fact that this Holy Spirit is with me all the time means it's relation. I can think about that as my relationship with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.30 says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. This comes right in the middle of a lot of admonishments about our words not building up others, and then some sorry, admonishments about not getting bitter and things like that. So right in the middle of that, it says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. So it shows us the Holy Spirit has some feelings, like he, he's, a, he's a feeling partner in this relationship. It's not just us and our feelings. Also, in Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5.19, it's very similar. It says, do not quench the Holy Spirit. And that is, um, and let me just a second, 1 Thessalonians 5.19, if you want to find it with me. Um, do not quench the Holy Spirit. And I wanted to read you from my uh, study notes here in the Bible. My 
what do you call this thing? Study Bible. Sorry, y'all. Okay. It says, there is a warmth, a glow about the Spirit's presence that makes this language appropriate. The kind of conduct Paul is opposing may include, I thought this was funny, loafing. Anybody loafing? Immorality and other sins he has denounced. On the other hand, he may be warning against a mechanical attitude toward worship that discourages the expression of the gifts of the Spirit in the local assembly. So when we hear about not quenching, it, I, at one author I read, he talked about stopping the flow of the Holy Spirit. So we have him in us, but we don't want to grieve him. We don't want to quench him. We have a relationship with him, and we want it to be good. So we can relate with him, and we can have the assurance of God's presence always with us. So before I go any further, you know you're hearing lots of scriptures from me, I like to pause, and I just want to take a moment, and we just be quiet before him. And I want you to be just quiet yourself and let's wait and just experience God's presence. If we believe he's with us and his Holy Spirit is in us. For some of you, you might want to linger in that place. <laughs> it's good to be quiet before him. Sorry to wake you up from that, but we will go on. So we talked about God's presence and the Holy Spirit in us, but then we sing songs like, As the Spirit was moving over the waters, Spirit come move over us. Okay, so then we move on to, there's the Spirit in us, and then we start we have the, all the scriptures about him coming on us. We sing songs like that all the time. And I, it's great. I'm thankful we do. I like them. But um, people might say they experience the presence of God. It's not just something they know or they believe, but they experience him. So the same indwelling spirit visits us in special manifest ways. He gets to choose. He's not limited in how he reveals himself to us but his goal is to make himself known, okay? Years ago, Scott was watching services from a big church that was experiencing revival. We had a computer in our kitchen, and uh, I'd be washing dishes, and I'd hear it. And to be honest, I really had a bad attitude about it. Um, he was really excited, and sometimes I have, a, I have a hard time getting on board with things. I'm not really uh, quick for change, but he kept on, you know, having these playing in our house. And I'm so thankful the Lord's forgiven me for my bad attitude. But uh, one time I lingered long enough in front of what I was watching. And just out of the blue, I felt the Spirit of God come on me in a way that I would not normally walk in. It definitely felt kind of like a heaviness, but not a bad one. Um, it was like I had stopped in my tracks. I couldn't move very much. And the, the tears started coming. So I would love to ask your opinion, if anybody of you have done that, but I don't want to alienate anybody who hasn't. But I just want to say it's real that you can experience the presence of God in more than just our faith, but it can be something that's tangible in our day too. The Holy Spirit wants to share. He wants to show himself to us. But we just don't have a lot of say in how that, what that looks like. 
Um, and it's, I like to share as well, just when I grew up, I grew up in a Pentecostal church. I didn't have to wear a dress and wear my hair in a bun. But, um, <laughs> but oh, I mean, definitely since I was little, um, you know, there was the gifts of the Spirit going on all around me. I didn't, I didn't really understand that that wasn't normal. Um, and then, but I'd say as well, there was not a lot of biblical explanation about what was going on. I was really thankful when I went to college and I went to a church where they actually explained things like that. So, but as well, when I was growing up, I had some experiences with people who tried to make things happen and tried to manifest the Holy Spirit. And of course, that's not how it works. And it was really hurtful. So, uh, there may be some of you in here who have been in situations, you've seen things you didn't understand whatever, uh, that's left a bad taste in your mouth like me. So in all reality, when I had that experience in the kitchen years ago, it was really a gift from the Lord because it reopened up my heart that he wants to do other stuff than what I had kind of put my foot down about because of the bad experiences I'd had. And when, I would just say, when I experience God's presence these days, I walk away with faith that I'm being changed. Second uh, Corinthians 3.18 says, We all with unveiled faces reflect the Lord's glory. We're being transformed into, transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So when I look at the Lord, when I have the Holy Spirit come upon me, or I've, I've experienced God's presence, it's saying that I'm reflecting him. And so when I'm reflecting God, uh, when I'm, I'm looking at him and I'm, I'm becoming more like him, I'm being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. That's pretty good, too. So um, we'll keep on going. Everybody okay? Do you need to stand up? Okay. Um, Ephesians 5.18 is an interesting one. It says, do not get drunk with wine. It doesn't say don't drink wine. It says do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Everybody's looking at each other. Sorry. Okay. Um, it says, instead, be filled with the Spirit. And the Greek in this, the verb here is, um, I think it's the present tense. Yes. It's used to indicate the filling of the Spirit is a, not a once and for all experience. But it, essentially, it's saying, be being filled with the Spirit. Jesus' disciples waited for the gift of the Spirit to come. He had promised them. So in the beginning of Acts, they're waiting for it to come. And then five times, or four more times after that, the Holy Spirit comes on a group of people in Acts. So if you want to, I have a list of those on my notes here, if you'd like to look at that. But we're going to look at Acts 8, 14 through 17. Ready? When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that, heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. When they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. So we see in this, this instance in Acts, as in the next, the other three or four instances, that it's, there's a salvation experience, and then there's a filling of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes upon them. And we could spend a whole day talking about 
that, the just being filled with the Holy Spirit, um, what that looks like and things like that. But I just, my main point I think today is to know, I, we're just a general overview. It's just a sequential thing. It, it is, um, people are saved and you are sealed the Holy Spirit and then the Holy Spirit can come upon you. Most of the instances in Acts, you'll see that people were filled with the Holy Spirit and they had much boldness to be witnesses. They were moved to action. So there was a purpose in it. Scott spoke at the retreat we just had about a few of the gifts of the Spirit, and it seems like we got some good feedback. It felt like uh, those of you who talked to felt okay about it, that it wasn't too freaky out. Um, and I think that's what we really desire here, that there are people who come from backgrounds like me, where you saw everything maybe, and then there are people that come from other backgrounds where that's no, you've had no, no part in that, and that might scare you. And we want this to be a safe place where... You can ask the Holy Spirit to come. You can say, I don't know if that's for me right now. And you can wait for when the, when the Lord says, it's time. But I do want to talk about some different just postures of our heart. Um, and actually, I'm, before I forget, I'm going to have Sherry come. Are you still, where is she at? Okay, she's hidden back there. Scott and I got to talk to her earlier this week, and she was sharing with us about her experience coming to this church. And I thought, we both thought it was really pertinent for this topic. So. Hi, everyone. <laughs> I'm Sherry. Um, <laughs> I'm not nervous at all, so don't worry about it. Uh, um, I had um, a sister, or have a sister, who was in a cult. Um, she started going to this Bible study that just turned into a cult when she was in middle school. She's five years older than I am. And... Um, it just like gradually got more and more and more um, like exclusive and controlled every area of her life, including like her money and where she spent her time and everything. Um, and so I got this like crazy fear about any kind of spiritual thing. Um, I grew up in the church, but sorry, that was an important thing. Um, anything spiritual like it just terrified me because I didn't trust that the Holy Spirit could like keep me safe and so I just like blocked out anything that was spiritual and so my my cousin went to a Pentecostal church and I'm just like terrified of that and it was kind of just like if I can go the opposite way and just like be obedient then I'll be good but like the spiritual side was just terrifying to me and so um, I came to Life Group last year, almost exactly a year ago, and um, I don't know, God just like showed me that um, the people there, like even though there were so many fear responses because I had never experienced the spiritual realm in like a healthy way, it was all just kind of like people um, trying to make things happen and just like maybe speaking in tongues when it, there was no interpreter and just things that like were never really biblically sound. And, um, so I came to life group and just very, very uncomfortable. Um, but each thing that I heard, like everybody say was just like, wow, I actually know that that's true. And so God just was so like gracious to me and being an uncomfortable environment, but yet just like throwing in truths that I already knew. So then I kind of 
was like, okay, no, I can, I can stay here. Like, I don't need to freak out and run. And so then I started coming to Antioch and, uh, like went to world mandate, which I wasn't going to attend, but I guess you can't serve without attending. Thanks, Valerie. And, um, and God just like, he just met me in a way that I had never experienced before. And it was so safe for me. I never felt like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to go down a path that my sister went down. Cause that was like, oh gosh, that was a huge fear of mine. So, oh, dang it. <laughs> so anyways, a few things that I learned were like, that I could trust the Holy Spirit, that it wasn't like I was going to go into this, like, this space where I could potentially be like my sister. And so that was just so freeing because I was like, it's not my job to be able to know how to do that. And I felt like it was, and I knew that I was not capable of doing that. And so that led me to just, like, go the other way. But anyways, so God just really, like, was gentle and kind and helped me to feel safe around the people who he brought into my life. And I could just watch their life and be like, oh my gosh, they are hungry for more of Jesus. And that's what I want. And so getting to know them just made me feel just like safe to ask questions and just explore more. Um, and ever since then, I just feel so much freedom. And I know that there's going to be things that I don't understand. Um, probably for the rest of my life, but it's okay. And I have like a piece about that. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of like my story that I wanted to share. <laughs> Great job. I love that. And I think that what Sherry experienced, thank you for all of those of you who have loved Sherry in that place, but she really experienced that freedom to, uh, you know, grow and walk free of those fears. And I, we want that for all of you, wherever you are on this journey of walking with Jesus, that there's that other part. There's God's presence, but there's also the Holy Spirit. Um, and we're going to have some ministry time tonight, and I have a little bit more to say, but I just, when we, um, when we go there, I'd really want you to be attentive to what's going on in your heart. You know, a lot of this, there's, there's the element of mystery, the things we can't control. It's not black and white. And are you okay with that? Um, there's the unpredictableness of God, the miracles, or maybe the lack of them. Things are outside the box that you may be used to. I like how one preacher called it signs that make us wonder. So do we trust the Lord with all the things related to the Spirit? Or do we hear about revivals or people doing strange things and we immediately say, no way? What's your response? You know, is it judgment? Or do you have an open heart that even to bless what God might be doing? That, and really when I say that, I, it makes me think again of that flow that the Holy Spirit has in our life. And are we going to stop it? Or are we going to let it keep going? I'd say that encounters with God's presence has happened more in my life as I've been more submitted to Him, as I'm open to it, as I've made space for Him in worship, as I read the Word, that I'm believing He's going to highlight things for me. Um, 
also just having quietness, you know, getting to quiet time, not quiet time, not your quiet time, Jesus, but being quiet, like we did earlier, where I just am silent before God, that he can come. And really, I love, I mean, he, he wants you to come as a child. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to be at some level before you experience him. Experience him. And maybe some of you feel like you've missed out, or that's something you've hoped for and you haven't experienced. I want to read Luke eleven thirteen. It says, If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So we have a promise right there that he wants to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. It's a place of faith. It's a promise for today. And sometimes I wonder if he's given us the Holy Spirit and like a gift, we've just held it and we haven't unwrapped it. He wants you to enjoy it. Galatians 3, 5, which I don't have on the thing, guys. I added it. Um says, does God give you a spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you've heard? Sometimes we can quench the Holy Spirit with doubt or because we haven't seen it or experienced it, we say it has to be bad or wrong. And that Galatians 5 is saying, does he give you a spirit because you're following the law or you're just looking at the letter of the law or because you believe what you've heard? Um, we can grieve the Holy Spirit with how we act, how we speak. In John 1, 32 through 33, this is, uh, yeah, he's got it up there. This is where the, John's talking about how he knew it was Jesus. That um, he said, I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And in uh, the book called Hosting the Presence by Bill Johnson, he asked, how might we live differently if the Holy Spirit were actually landing on us as a dove? And you walked around, and you're like, well, if what I did today made that dove fly away. It's an interesting thought to think about when we think about how we could grieve the Holy Spirit or not. If, if, it, if we really thought about it being there in literal form on us, how would we act or respond differently so I'm talking a lot of things I'd like us to pray for tonight. Um, just if you haven't experienced God, if you haven't unwrapped that gift, if you're maybe dealing with some doubt or judgment, um, if there's things in life to repent for, uh, which is totally great. His kindness leads you to repentance. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. You might struggle with fear. Maybe you've leaned on your knowledge versus trusting him. Uh, maybe you've just been too busy to pause or notice what the Holy Spirit's doing, what God's presence is doing around you. And maybe you don't struggle with any of that. Maybe you're like, that's, that's old hat for me. I'm there. And, you know, that may be where you're just like, I know all that, you know, that's something I'm, I'm good on, but maybe I just need to be more aware of his presence in my life. And we want to pray for you, uh, too. I'd I'd like to recommend a book called Practicing the Presence of God. You may have already read it. It's by Brother Lawrence. He was, a, um, he was a soldier who was hurt or injured, and he became a, a monk or a, what's the word, friar. And he communed with God all day long while he washed dishes and repaired shoes. So not a very glorious job, but it's amazing, his revelation. So it's a real tiny book if you would just want to explore being more aware of his presence on day to day. And I also would love to pray for us tonight if you need to experience joy afresh. 
So we're talking about the whole, uh, what's the word? Spectrum, thank you. Of, you know, the truths of God's word, of his presence is here, but are we aware of it? His Holy Spirit is in us. How are we doing with tending that relationship? And his Holy Spirit wants to come upon us. He wants to give us more. So um, there's all those different areas, and I think that we all have different experiences here. I love to pray for different people in those different areas, but I'd say as well, if there's places where you've had victory or if you've experienced something, then you have something to give. It's kind of like if I've seen a miracle or a healing for different something, I have faith, more faith for that, that I could pray that for somebody. And that's what we like for everybody to be involved as we pray for people. Um, if you're not coming up to get prayer for different things, I'd like you to go and pray for someone else tonight so that everybody's up and moving and giving and receiving. So um, that's about it. We're going to wrap it up. But I'm going to, I would like to, so let's see, Becca, if you want to come up, start playing. I'd like to kind of spread out different areas of the room to pray for people. So um, how about over here? We're just going to go across. If you would like prayer for trusting the Holy Spirit, freedom from fear and doubt, not leaning on knowledge and experience, I'd like maybe this corner over here. And if you feel like that's something that you haven't struggled with and you'd like to pray for people, I'd love you to go over there. So just that place of maybe fear, uh, trusting him and things like that. And then there's other people that might say, you know, I'd love to have gifts of spirit in my life. I'd love to see things like that. I'd love to um, know that he's come upon me. And I can't guarantee that you experience something, but we want to pray that. We want to ask. It says, again, that scripture, he loves to give those, the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. So I'm going to ask that this part of the room right here be for people who want to ask for the Holy Spirit to come upon them, gifts of the spirit, things like that. Um, I think if there's things you need to repent for, you know, uh, any place where, again, like I talked about that dove, if it was on you and it wouldn't stay, I'd love for, if you want to just come down and, and pray in the front, that'd be great too. And then as over here, I'd love to see a group for uh, people who want more awareness of his presence through your day to day, just to be encouraged that he's there with you. We read lots of scriptures on his presence and that in his presence is fullness of joy. So if that's a place where you haven't experienced joy, like when I talked about it earlier, if you're like, eh, not for me, I'm too tired, I'm too this, I'm too whatever. I just want to encourage us, guys, that's not God's best for us to, to stay in that place. It's okay to say we're tired. It's okay to struggle. But in reality, he wants to give us joy. In his presence is fullness of joy. And so if we're walking with an awareness of it, then there has to be that down in there, in the depths of our soul. That's like the foundation. Even though we may have disappointment, we may have hurt, we may have trials. So anyway, I'm going to pray real quick, and then I'd love for you to go to different places if that's something that you're praying for, if you'd like. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you know exactly where everybody is here. And I trust that just as... We've listened to a lot of scriptures and a lot of this and that, that you know what people need tonight. And so I ask God, you'd 
come and encourage each one to get what they need, that they wouldn't leave here without getting a touch from you, without getting prayed for, what everybody needs, God. We thank you for this community, that it is a safe place for us to grow and learn, to share. Let it be more so, God. We thank you for your kindness that leads us to repentance. We thank you for your promises and your word that we can walk in faith by, even if we don't experience it or see it, that we choose by faith to believe those things for our lives. We love you, God.